And good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us as this is our time of day that we welcome in fantastic professionals to not only talk about issues that are important to you, but also about their businesses as well. So inflation, interest rates, bonds. I know. Did I catch your attention? There are a lot of things we could talk about that, but that is going to be the path that we follow today with Tom Verostek with Q3 Capital Management. And we're going to join Tom or Tom's going to jump into the conversation here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you all the different ways that you can listen. Because you do have us on Alexa powered devices. You just simply say, Alexa, play WISR 680, and that should be enough there. You have the option to listen through the app of ISR. So wherever you get your apps, that's fine. Just go ahead and look for WISR, and then you can download that on your device or devices. You have the radio, 680 AM, 107.5 FM, and then, of course, you can listen to us online at WISR680.com. And then what you do is you can click that button that says Listen Live, or you can turn around and uh, wait until this is all done. Maybe you need to catch the information again, or you'd like to listen to it again, or share the information if you want. You can go onto our website and then pick programs, drop that down to Let's Talk, and then look for Q3 Capital Management. All right, Tom Verostek, owner of Q3 Capital Management here today. Hi, Tom. How are you? Great. Good morning, Tracy. It's always nice to see you. Now, you too. I started off with saying inflation, interest rates, and bonds. I mean, we could be here all day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's a big conversation. I can think of a college professor that could be here all day. For I know, sure, right? On that subject. Right. Yes. I know. So, well, first of all, before we get into all these details, it is a big conversation. And sometimes I think I can sit here and ask you all the questions in the world, but some people would like to ask their questions. Mm -hmm. So if, if they have an opportunity just to sit with you for a couple of minutes, do you have any opportunities for people to just kind of dive in for 10, 15 minutes with you? Sure. As a matter of fact, yeah. We, well, we do Zoom calls all the time with clients, especially through COVID. That was one thing we, I think the silver lining, it was, it was really great. And with clients, we have clients locally and even around the country. So that's been very helpful. Um, but, uh, yeah, sure. We could, uh, even a phone call, um, if someone has a question or, you know, you can email us, uh, on our website and, you know, we're available. So yeah, but it, please do, I think mention you heard us on Radio, radio would be fine. Yeah, that'd exactly. be simple and easy. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. even if you call, I, I know how I know how people will call you because I do this myself. I'll call and say, "I heard you guys on the radio." Mm -hmm. <laughs> so folks, if you mentioned Butler Radio, that would help Tom decipher exactly where you heard us. So Butler Radio would Definitely. be good. All yeah. right, fantastic. All right, so and we'll repeat that as we go throughout our show today. But I think it's just an opportunity for again, folks, if you want to call, email, or want to get a Zoom meeting with Tom or his team, then just mention Butler Radio when you call and they can get that to you for what, 10, 15 minutes of a free consultation and, and kind of talk about all of this. Sure, Because yeah. it is a big conversation. So it's almost like, where do we start? You know, do you start inflation? Do you start interest rates? Do you start bonds? Because each in uh, of themselves, I mean, it's, it's a huge conversation right now. It is. And, and not only, you know, it's, it's all over because everyone's experiencing it. So that's where, you know, the rubber meets the road. People are experiencing inflation just from their wallets. But, um, you know, I have to say, you know, I, I, from the big picture, I hear a lot of discussion. You know, I have study groups with some other advisors, and I, we talk to investment companies that we use, and, and, and they're very good in terms of their, their research. 
Um, I just had a conversation yesterday, and I, I was, you know, the, the conversation was, boy, you know, not a lot of people are getting this, you know, the, the magnitude of, of the interest rate thing that's going on. And everybody gets the inflation side of things, but the interest rate side is really the what's coming next. And so it hasn't gone up yet. It's on its way. We, we don't think it, we, we think it's, you know, the first quarter. And by the way, right now, bonds are down more than stocks. When I say bonds, the, the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index is the most referenced bond. You know, so it's sort of a benchmark, kind of like the S&P 500. Yeah, it's down, I think, 9% year to date. Um, and, it's, you know, bonds are complicated. People don't quite understand there's that inverse relationship between bond uh, interest rates and the bond price. And uh, actually, it's really good, uh, good illustration of that. And, and, it's, and it comes down to simple math if you understand the basics. So here's, for instance, people say, well, wait a minute, what's the difference between, what's this yield curve? What's this, you know, why would I not want to own a 10-year versus a 30-year treasury? Or, or would I want to own a one, you know, six-month short term? And wh- what's the difference? Well, here's, here's the simple math. And, and I, I like this. I, I sort of stopped using it because we didn't really experience inflation for better part of the last decade. And uh, so let's say you own a bond that's maturing in one year, okay? And let's say it's paying, I don't know, pick a number, 2%. Now, in a few months, the Fed meets, Federal Reserve Board meets, they raise rates. And I'm just going to exaggerate. Let's say they raise rates 1%, okay? So now your bond that matures a year from now, uh, the new one isn't paying th- two, it's paying three, right? So another buyer, another investor out there can go out and get a bond paying 3%. Well, you only have one that's paying th- two. So your bond doesn't look so good, right, to that buyer. They're like, nope, I can get one that's paying three. Why would I want a two? So automatically your bond becomes worth less. The price goes down. The market adjusts for that fact that the bond, if held over the next year, only pays 2%. Okay, so that's the inverse relationship. As, as, a, as a rate goes up out there in the market, existing bonds paying a fixed rate, well, that price of that bond will come down just because that's the market. People will say, well, you're not paying, your bond isn't paying as much, but for it to pay as much, then you've got to take a little bit of a haircut. That's basically what happens. So you take a hit on your bond, and now it is paying 3% because you gave up another you know, additional amount in your price out on the open market. Now, if you didn't sell it and you held it to maturity at the end of the year, you get your 2%. Okay? So you haven't lost anything if you hold it to maturity. Now, let's compare that to, say, a 10-year bond. 10 years is a long time to hold them on, right? Let's just, again, say the 10 years paying 3%, and that same thing happens. Interest rates go up 1%. Okay, so now the new 10-year bond is paying 4 Okay, and you're only getting 3 If you want to get out of this thing, you got to sell it at a discount, period. And now the problem is 
you could say, well, I'll just hold it to maturity. Well, you got to hold it for 10 years. Got it. So right now the long bonds aren't looking so good. Okay. Number one. So those are the ones most impacted when interest rates go up. That's the thing you have to be careful of. So average duration, big deal right now. And if you're not paying attention to that, it's, it's, it's going to not only have you experienced some downturn in your pricing and, and, and if you're wondering why all of a sudden it feels different, that's probably the reason. Um, but take it to the next, this is my, this is what we see coming. Okay. Um, and just yesterday that one of the fed board members mentioned, oh yeah, we're going to have to, well, they didn't say, oh yeah. Okay. So let me, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't let me, that let simple and easy, right? <laughs> but they will have to, they're, they're going to move a little more aggressively on the interest rates. Okay. Which we all knew. I mean, last month in March, consumer price index came in at, uh, what, eight and a half percent. Okay. Uh, and that, and I think that was on top of a nine and a half percent producer price in, index increase the month before. So over 5% is generally not a good thing to have continual inflation over 5%. Historically speaking, we, we've studied the numbers and generally it gets dicey if you're over, you know, continual 5%. Interesting. And this is, this is, I love this. So back, this goes back to the days of you know, Alan Greenspan. Alan Greenspan was a, was a pretty famous, you know, longstanding Federal Reserve chairman. And uh, he came up with this uh, CPE deflator. I'm getting in the weeds, but it's fun. Um, and he said, oh, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to strip out food and energy because they're so volatile. And we really want to have something, you know, we can act on. So we're going we're gonna to use an inflation CPE deflator and strip out food and energy. So I remember there were some times where, particularly like 606, 07, 08, leading up to the Great Recession, there was no inflation. And yet here, you know, we had similar type of prices at the pump. Gat oil was over 140-some a barrel, and yet we didn't have inflation, right? If you went to the grocery store, things cost more. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that's, that's nice to not live in reality. Like, you know, here you are out there setting uh, monetary policy, interest rates, but you don't really have a grasp of what the consumer, which by the way is two-thirds of the economy, you know, two-thirds of the U.S. economy is driven by a consumer spending, okay? So if your consumer is walking on crutches because they're, you know, they're experiencing injuries at the pump and, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, but I was going to ask you, are we still walking on crutches? Because if you're talking about these bonds and how that looks, if you're talking about inflation, which we're all feeling, and if you're talking about interest rates coming up next, right. are we walking on crutches or are we about to get on the crutches? I mean, where are we right now? Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask anybody right now, you know, we're, we're, we're at least uh, in a sling and, and many people are on crutches. Yeah. Uh, they're experiencing this. Um, and, and the thing is, it's all... You know, it, it, everybody wants to debate what's the cause. Um, I think it, in the in the in the very beginning, it's pure economics. It's supply and demand. You know, you hear about oh, these companies are price gouging and this. You know, and every time, and I've heard this, and I've been in this business thirty two years. Mm 
Um, and, and before that, I was, you know, I spent some time um, uh, in, in the CPA realm. And you know, so I've been around numbers and, and the financials for quite a while, most, you know, my, pretty much my whole adult life. And uh, so I've, I've heard this, you know, it, and, it, and it, I just sort of shake my head and say, well, if, if you, from a practical standpoint, it's just, it's just a chain reaction, right? If the, the market recognizes an imbalance of supply and demand, which it has over the past year, then if, if there's reduced su- supply and increased demand, it causes prices to go up. So that's out in the market. So when the price of oil, conversely, during COVID, dropped down to, I don't know where it was, I think at one brief moment in, on a given day, it was zero or negative, I heard, uh, out there. Um, so, so were these companies in a position to gouge then? No, they're, they're at the whim of the market prices. So un- unfortunately, if you're in the oil business, you're at the whim of those kind of wild cycles. Um, and, you know, recently I, I had a chance to just, bu- I literally was, you know, ha- was able to strike up a conversation with a couple of people in the energy business. Um, this was out West and um, it was actually husband and wife, both, both in the same industry, which I thought, wow, under one roof, I wonder what the conversations were like a couple, they were like, yeah, 2020 was re- first quarter was really, you know, rough, you know? Um, and I'm thinking, well, not just then, but starting in 2014, or, yeah, 2014 when OPEC decided to, to, to keep the spigots running, you know, the supply was on top of the supply we had discovered here in the United States. We had an oversupply of oil. You know, so what happened to prices there? They, they plummeted. So again, it's pure supply and demand. It's a commodity. That's how commodities work. Supply and demand. And if you understand where those two things are, how they're working, you'll get a pretty good idea of where prices are going to be um, going, that trend. Well, and Tom, help me out with this, because if what I hear from you is that interest rates are on the horizon to mm-hmm. go up, and we're already on crutches, as you say, I like that uh, visual, because it feels mm-hmm. like that when you go to the pump, mm-hmm. or you go to buy anything. I was at uh, a location the other day, and a person I know well, and they said, I'm sorry, we're going to have to we're going to have to make sure that we order that because everything's on back order. It, it has been for quite some time. Okay, mm-hmm. so now there's that supply and demand that, that mm-hmm. I'm hearing from you. And if we already have inflation, is it going to get worse before it gets better? And then a whole separate question is, what turns it around? Because it, it doesn't sound like that it's going to get better before it gets worse. And if it does get worse, I mean, I, I guess mm-hmm. a, as a consumer, I'm, I'm concerned, as many other people are, is, can I keep my vehicle because the gas prices are so high? And then when I go buy groceries, I, I literally was in a store yesterday. I won't say which one it was. A watermelon cost nearly $10. Mm. I even took a picture of it because it was $9 and some odd cents. And I thought mm. for a watermelon. Right. You know, and, and that was striking to me. So it doesn't sound like um, you're giving me that crystal ball that everything ends well here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What happens? I mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball, so I know that you can't predict everything that's going to happen. But it doesn't sound like it's going to get better soon. Yeah. Unfortunately, these cycles, the, uh, the way they work, um, you know, first of all, you've got, you've got the supply side. But then... What you also have 
and, and that's, you know, the, the big lever that is, is a really valuable tool as far as here in the United States, our economy, is, is the, the Federal Reserve. Um, I might have said this on a couple of, you know, many shows ago. Um, you know, when I was uh, a teenager cruising through the house, and uh, this was in the late 70s. Now, as a teenager, you really don't pay attention to grown-up stuff. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. I know that now with a couple of teenagers at home. <laughs> I try to remind them of some of the grown-up stuff. So it, then you're just dad. Come yeah, on. right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was cruising through the house, and uh, yeah, this was, uh, gosh, I don't think we even had a remote on the television. Um, and my dad stops me, and he goes, hey, you want to see the most powerful man in the world? And I, and I back up, and I'm like, doesn't look like the president to me. And he goes, well, it isn't. It's, it's the, you know who that is? And I said, no. And he said, it's Paul Volcker. He's the chairman of the Federal Reserve. I'm like, why is he the most powerful man in the world? He goes, because he controls the price of money. I'm like, the price of money? He goes, well, yeah, he, under, he, he determines what interest rates are. And now my dad was in the commercial real estate business. So you know, real estate and, and interest rates are, are obviously interconnected, um, you know, depending on how you're structuring some of the financing. So, but, but yeah, look, interest rates affect, how does it affect most people, consumers? Well, what, what, what are the two biggest things we buy? House and a car. You just said it, right? So do most people, can they write a check for their house, you know, stroke it? And same thing for their car. No, they usually finance it. So that's where the interest rate, call it that, that little lever that they can, they can maneuver. And so where this is heading is very likely, again, I, have, I don't have a crystal ball, but it, it sure doesn't look anything like we've seen in the last 40 years. Okay, so... So I, I always love it, I, and, I, and I do get these phone calls from some investment companies we work with, and they're, and they're honestly, I, I, they're excellent people. We've, we work with some of the best managers in the world for various expertises that we don't possess. We know to, to find them, um, and so we have a pretty good structure for finding the best. And so, you know, we do rely on their expertise to some degree, but we also try to get some of their research. And so occasionally, you know, I get, I get a phone call. Well, now I'm getting ca calls from, you know, bond managers, right? And, you know, because this is, this is the, the thing, right? This is where, uh, you know, maybe there's a, there's a necessity to change a part of the bond portfolio. Absolutely. I agree. So I'm getting calls and we're having calls. And I'm even reaching out saying, what do you guys see? What are you thinking? And incidentally, we were very proactive, like end of last year, making adjustments, knowing coming into this, this year there, you know, it look, look, interest rates near zero. There's only one direction they can go. I mean, this isn't, isn't rocket scientist science to understand where interest rates could go. So mm -hmm. then you throw inflation and, as a background and it's very obvious you, you got to position your bond side of things for, for this. Um, so, so again, we were already there. Having said that, you know, you got to go back and look and say, okay, is it working? Was it the right move? Are there other things maybe? So that's, so, so I had a conversation and, and the question was, you know, what are you guys doing? What are you thinking? And 
But before that, I get, well, the last four interest rate hikes, and I had to stop them. I had to say, look, the last four interest rate hikes might span over the last, what, 20 years, okay. 25 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're talking to the wrong person right now. That was my conversation. I, I was sort of being, you know, a little lofty, but I basically had to remind them in that way, like, look, this isn't, di- this is different. The last four, the last 25 years, mm-hmm. we haven't seen inflation anywhere near this. And it doesn't show any signs of abatement. It's not going away. So where can you go? Where can you go back in history for a similar period, right? Well, guess what? It's during the Paul Volcker years, 1979, 80, really through 82. Um, and uh, I've done a fair amount of research on that, on that time period. And bottom line is, here's what we can probably expect. Higher interest rates that we have yet, we haven't seen since then. Okay. So since then, but not higher than then. I mean, again, I know well, you can't predict exactly, but gosh. is that where we are? Or is that the question of the day? The, yeah, the, yeah, the question I've asked myself is, could it even get to that point? Right? Or is that where we're heading? And I, you know, again, jury's out until, you know, until we know, until it happens. But I don't think, first and foremost, and this is going to be a very interesting time. At the same time, I think it's going to be a very good time mm-hmm. if you're positioned well. Oh, I okay. really, uh, you know, if you go back to 1980, 81, and I, and I have clients that remember that very well. You know, I've got a lot of clients that are, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 58 this year. I've got clients, most of my clients are, are retired. And so they remember this time period. And they're like, yeah, you know, you could get a, a CD, you know, a, a, or, or you could go buy a, you know, 10-year bond that was paying 18%, right? Lock in 18% per year. That was the deal. So Paul Volcker was, but he was, a, see, that's the thing that, compl- you know, like, was it just Paul? Was it Paul? Paul Volcker was the right person at the right time. And so to answer your question, where is this going? I don't know to what extent. That's their job to figure out, right? But I can tell you it's going to be, I don't want to even say similar. I'm just, I would probably say it's not going to be like the last 20 years. And hopefully it's not going to be as much as what Paul Volcker had to do. Okay. But here's the here's the basis for what you know you you increase interest rates, which is the cost of money. You increase it so to cool some of the demand, right? The reason why everything's on you know uh, so hot right now is money's free. Basically, it's not free, but it's it's super cheap to borrow, and it's been that way. So businesses and consumer consumers are just levering up. You know, hey, I, it doesn't cost me that much. Uh, I remember my first mortgage, uh, early '90s, eight and a half percent was my mortgage rate. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when when have we seen a mortgage rate that high? And I thought, wow, this is this is ridiculous, eight and a half percent. But you know, I figured a way to do it. Um, in 1980, I remember someone saying they were getting a mortgage and it was going to be around 18 percent. I mean, if you've ever looked at the numbers of servicing that kind of mortgage, it's crazy. 
expensive. So the point is, the Fed will move rates high, higher and incrementally. That's their game plan. Now, what Paul Volcker had to do was huge, giant steps. And because the inflation was so out of control that he just had to cool the economy, right? So to answer your question is like, where does this go? Where are we heading? Is it going to be really bad? I don't, you know, who knows? Nobody knows. Right. Um, but definitely, in my opinion, the Fed should have been doing this a year ago. Tom, so. and, and folks, if you're just joining us, Tom Barostek is with us with Q3 Capital Management. We only really have about four minutes left with you, Tom. So let me ask you this question again with no crystal ball in front of you. I get it. But if the Fed is going to raise interest rates, do you think that's happening this year? Is that like a couple months away? Is that like in the next couple of years? Like what, what's your estimate of when you are expecting this to happen? Well, I think the Fed uh, will, will raise rates the next time they meet, number one. And it's going and when to- is that? Um, I believe it's in May here. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, All so right. in May. Um, and traditionally, they've only raised rates by a quarter of a point, okay. otherwise known as 25 basis points. Um, I, I think it's going to be 50, easily 50 basis points. I think uh, the market would uh, react. You know, obviously, there's always a consensus, and then then there's the reality. So once once the announcement is made, depending on where it falls. But also the guidance for it is important. Bottom line is, um, you know, if you do the math on on these bonds in terms of your duration, you can kind of figure out, okay, various scenarios. Um, you know, right now the aggregate bond's down 9%. Um, and, it, you know, its duration, average duration is around say, eight years. So it's not hard to figure that out. For every 1% interest rates go up, the aggregate bond will lose... 8%, right? Yeah. Um, so if rates go up two, then it's going to go down roughly 16%. Don't quote me, you know, obviously, but these are, these are generalities. These are very basic um, things that we use, you know, everybody in the industry uses just to gauge um, how much risk you want to take and how much duration you want to, uh, you know, uh, commit to right. on your bond side of things. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think Bottom line, if I were to summarize, um, there are a few bright spots in the bond world if you uh, can pinpoint them. Uh, but uh, most of the bonds, so if you hear someone say bonds are a terrible place to be, you know, I don't like it when people generalize and just cover everything with one comment. I don't agree with that comment. Um, there are some real opportunities because if you think about it as rates do go up and your bonds will um, be positioned for that as opposed to not for that, then you know I could see us in a couple of years where someone says, "Hey, isn't it amazing? I'm, you know, my, my bonds are paying X percent. You know, I wasn't getting that a few years ago." So there's a bright spot here. You know, for the last decade, bondholders have not been compensated; they've not earned much. And for those retirees, you know, it's just not adding much to your portfolio. Yeah. Just the low interest rates. So that's the good news. Again, Tom Verostek with Q3 Capital Management. If you want to just talk to him for 10, 15 minutes, he'll do that for free for you if you mention Butler Radio. Mm -hmm. So if you want to contact the office, you can do that with an email, a phone number. Uh, what is your phone number? Give us your phone number. 724-940-3000. Uh, 
724-940-3927. One more time. One more time. 724-940-3927. So again, give them a call or send them an email and you can uh, get a few minutes with with Tom because I know it's a really big conversation and to break it all down, sometimes you just need that one-on-one time and you can do that for free for about 10 or 15 minutes, all right? Again, Zoom is an option for you. The phone is an option for you, not just for this that we're talking about to get that free consultation, but for any meeting. So if you're in Northern Butler County and you don't want to travel, do a Zoom meeting. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very easy and simple to be able to do that and take advantage of Tom's expertise here. And before we go in our last minute, Tom, always just that reminder that we're just talking here because I don't want somebody to invest something just because we're, you know, chatting on the radio. But your thoughts on that? Yeah, right. Certainly. uh, Yeah, please don't uh, make a decision based on anything we've talked about. But, uh, you know, these are good concepts and Hopefully it's been educational. Yeah. And that's what you're all about is educating Mm -hmm. us so we know exactly how to set ourselves up. Um, Well, and I don't think, and a point about us setting ourselves up, that's why we need you because a lot of us don't understand this. And so we need a professional like you to help us, you know, be in a good position. So. Tom, thanks so much. Thank you. Always a pleasure talking to you. And folks, thank you very much for joining us. We are out of time for our day together. But if you would like to listen to this again, what you're going to do is go onto our website at WISR680.com and you're going to pick programs and then drop that down to Let's Talk. And that's where you can find this again. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Tracy Morgan with the Butler Radio Network with Let's Talk.